1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is always a pleasure to be in your company, especially when Ray Lance is here to help direct you to protect your family and your money on this Sunday morning. Ray, good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We're so happy you can join us for a few minutes every Sunday. And our goal is to teach you some things that might be useful in your personal life that might help your family, help your business. And our goal is very simple for you. We want to show you how you can protect your family and how you can protect your money. And our topic today may sound a little boring, but it's actually one of the most important things you can listen to in the whole course of this year. And the subject is inflation. Hmm. Inflation is when the cost of living goes up. And when the cost of living goes up, everything is more expensive. And if you're on fixed income, you ought to really be afraid of inflation. We're going to talk about some of the things you can do to protect yourself from inflation because we will see inflation very soon. You can count on that. We're going to talk about what does inflation mean, what does it mean to you personally, and as I said, some of the things that you can do to protect yourself. We also have with us uh, two very important guests. Uh, Handsome called, dudes. They're called Vigs. <laughs> V-I-G, very Vigs. important guests. So Vig, no, no, no that's, that's V-I-P, isn't it, Peter? <laughs> Sorry, I like Vigs. How would you like to be a Vig, a very important guest, uh, Peter. I think our other guest is more important. You're right. <laughs> Let me introduce, ladies and gentlemen, attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Michael, thank you for being with us this morning and lending your expertise in the area of protecting people's families through trusts and wills and powers of attorney and health care proxies and uh, how to protect their assets from nursing home costs and all the important things that you do. You've been on our show before. Yes. Um, you have a background of education from New York. Yeah, I went to Hofstra School of Law down in Long Island, and I worked in New York for a number of years and then in Boston, and I grew up in this area, so I'm happy to be back here. And how did you do at Hofstra? I understand you did fairly well in law school in Hofstra. Yeah, I, I graduated cum laude. I was on the law review, um, which was enjoyable, so yeah, I did well. So what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that not only is he pretty smart, but he worked pretty hard, too. Yeah, it wasn't easy. I'll no. tell you. And then you do the bar exam, so that's an added bonus. Right. Yeah. Then you get to rest the rest of your, li- of your life. No. No. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Well, you did have a distinguished career in law school, and it's always a pleasure to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Um, our other guest this morning, uh, a VIP, a very important person, a very important a person. VIG? No, VIP. VIP. VIP is... My my son with the little soul patch, uh, Peter Lance. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hi, Phil. Hello there, Peter. Hey, buddy. And Peter, you have given me something so special and so important, uh, which is three beautiful children, three beautiful grandchildren that I have, uh, you and your lovely wife, your beautiful wife. So there's my nothing more special than grandchildren. My lovely and beautiful wife would like to spend more time just the two of us. So mm. since you enjoy them so much, you can watch them more if you'd like. Whoops, I said something <laughs> wrong, did <laughs> <you>? didn't I? <laughs> How did they do in their baseball? 
Nathan won the uh, Little League Championship, him and his team. Wow. Well ended on Terrific. a fantastic double play that Nathan was a part of. Wow. Uh, Tyler's team came up a little bit short. They came up uh, with uh, third place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just had a tough game that last game. Right. Uh, they, they all were sort of flat. I don't know why, but they lost 2-1. to one. Otherwise, they would have been in the championship game. And It is what it is. It was a great season for both of them. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there is nothing more that I enjoy on this earth than watching my children play sports, especially baseball. But you know what's really interesting? I mean, I've been watching uh, these kids. They're now 13 and 10 years old. I've been watching them play baseball for five or six years. You know, when they first started and the ball would go right between their legs and they'd look down <laughs> to see where did the ball go. Of course. And, or they'd be holding a glove up in the air waiting for the ball and it would drop about three feet away from them beside them. Or swatting flies with their gloves out there <laughs> in the outfield. And now you look at them and they've got real skills and it's just been so impressive to watch their development. And it's almost like when you watch the moves, they've got the moves and the motions and when they throw the ball, when they pitch, when they bat. And it's like watching real baseball in miniature form. So it's, it's just been just great fun to watch. And I've been assistant coach or head coach for every season of baseball, both fall ball and spring ball. Uh, I'm going to probably head coach at least one of their teams in fall ball, but uh, that's not competitive, and so it's much more enjoyable, laid back. Of course, the championship, you know, to see him win it was, was fantastic. But the uh, there's a quote out there that the – only problem with youth sports is the adults, and so I've made a decision to not head coach again uh, just because of some of the adults and the other coaches um, that really did not make it an enjoyable season at times. Well, sometimes the adults that participate on the sidelines or in the coaching side, they get too carried away with their own egos, and they forget that they're there to teach kids skills and, and life lessons and, and manners. Young kids, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes the parents make it about them, and they shouldn't, yeah. and they get too emotionally intense about it. So I will be involved. I will always be a, an assistant coach, but I will not head coach again. Well, let's talk about the subject of inflation. So I, I'd like to start with a quotation from one of my favorite people, very quotable, Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan said, Inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Inflation is really serious. And Milton Friedman, noted economist, oh, yeah. once wrote, inflation is one form of taxation that can be imposed without legislation. So we're going to talk about what is inflation, what does that mean? Um, somebody named Leon Henderson, I'm not sure who that person is, said, having a little inflation is like being a little pregnant. You either have inflation or you don't have inflation. It's that simple. So right now, let's talk about what is the rate of inflation right now. If you had to guess, Peter, because I know I did the research on this and you don't have the answer, what would you think the rate of inflation is right now? Uh, I know that on average, inflation over time has been 3%. I think it's lower than that right now. I it think is. it's uh, you know low twos. It's actually one point. So the rate of inflation right now uh, for the month of June 2016 is only 1.01%, 1% inflation. And so what that also means is when you have a low rate of inflation 
It means the cost of living isn't going up very drastically. Your dollar goes further. The other things that are tied into the rate of inflation are social security increases. So we don't have a social security increase for the year 2016. We didn't have one uh, last year because the rate of inflation is so low and Congress doesn't control how much money uh, people on social security receive. Rather, there's a formula built into the statute that says as the cost of living goes up, then the rate of inflation goes up, then there will be an additional amount that you'll get on your social security check. So if you're on fixed income, what it means is you haven't seen an increase in social security check for a while, and that's a bad thing. It also means that the cost of things that we buy hasn't gone up drastically, but it is still going up. So the third thing it means is that the Federal Reserve Bank, which controls the rates of interest in this country, Every time the Federal Reserve decides it's going to raise its rate a little bit more, that means that CD rates can go up, bank interest rates can go up. And right now, those rates are extremely low because the rate of inflation is really low. I could be mistaken, but was it last year that was the first year in either forever or in a very long time that they did not increase the Social uh, Security benefits? So yes. I seem to remember yeah, that. It's been, it's mm-hmm. been so now we've had two years in a row without any increase. Right. And so this impacts people on fixed income, number one. And the danger is that it's a real balancing act in this country, what happens with the rate of inflation versus what you can earn on accounts. So what it means is ordinary investors, for example, we're going to come back to this, don't know where to put their money right now. If you have it in a bank, um, literally you're seeing one-tenth of one percent and two-tenths of one percent interest right now on bank accounts and some CD rates. And I tell people, don't go put your money into a five-year CD where they guarantee you 1% interest because if the rates go up, now you got to take your money out and pay a small penalty perhaps. Yeah, and the penalty on CDs isn't huge, but it still is a penalty. I mean, but CDs for years now since five, six, seven years have been ridiculous. You know, you're talking three quarters of 1% on a five-year CD. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a total reflection of what's happening in the economy. So right now, you know, we're in midsummer at the moment, and we're looking at a political election, presidential election in the fall, and suddenly we've seen uh, a couple of periods, two reporting periods now, two months, when there's been more jobs added in the economy, um, more than what the economists were predicting. I think it was around 250,000 new Mm -hmm. jobs were added in the most recent reports. That was a big surprise. What that might mean is that um, the economy is starting to pick up a little bit. So the prediction is that the Federal Reserve, which regulates the rates that banks borrow money from, or the rate they borrow at, um, the Federal Reserve has said they probably will have some kind of a rate increase between now and the end of the year. And that could be before the election. It could be after the election, if you want to believe that the Federal Reserve somehow wants to influence elections. Um, But predicting is really difficult. So what happens is if the Federal Reserve thinks that the economy is starting to get stronger, the next thing they're concerned about is inflation. Because inflation can be as deadly in a country, in an economy, as unemployment. It can be just as deadly to have 
all of a sudden a big increase in inflation. So here's what means if, if you have an increase in the rate of inflation over the 1% rate that we have right now, it will mean that it's going to uh, be more expensive to buy things because the cost of goods is going to go up. And it may take another six months to a year before you'll see an increase in Social Security checks, a Social Security check increase. So people on fixed incomes are going to have a hard time. Let me give you a story and an example of inflation. I've mentioned this before. In 1970, which is a long while ago, um, my wife, Tenny, and I bought our first house. We paid $21,700 for it. And our combined joint income that year was slightly more than the value of what we paid for the house. So we had like $22,000 worth of income, and we bought a house, a three-bedroom one-and-a-half-bath ranch house, no garage, on a nice half-acre lot in Mattapoisett, and we paid $21,700 for it. Today, that house is probably a $300,000 value house, but you wouldn't expect to have somebody who's making $300,000 go in and buy that house. So you might have a couple who wants to buy a house. Maybe they're making fifty or sixty or $70,000, but they're not going to pay fifty or sixty or seventy thousand dollars for that house. They're going to have to pay three hundred. That's a perfect example of inflation. And that's why there have been so many foreclosures in the last ten years. That's certainly part of it. But what it means is that the cost of living today is higher than what the real value of income or the real value of income hasn't kept pace with inflation. The combined income for my wife and I is a third of what we bought our house for. So think about the difference. You and mom made more than the house that you purchased. Mm -hmm. And Jen and I make a third of what the house that we purchased. Right. So that's a really good example of inflation. Inflation can be a killer. What it's going to mean for people as the inflation rate increases, if it increases rapidly, it means that cost of goods in the stores goes up. It costs more to buy, you know, milk or any basic food products. Um, I'll give you another good example of inflation. Think about what it costs right now to ben- to rent a two-bedroom apartment in the city of New Bedford. You're looking at $1,100 a month. Um, you wouldn't have thought that possible just a few years ago. I was up in uh, Boston for a couple of concerts at Fenway Park a couple of weeks ago, and we parked far away on purpose to uh, save some money on the parking, but also to not have to deal with the traffic and the aggravation afterwards. And we walked by some uh, nice brownstones. The cheapest one was $2,400 a month. Mm-hmm. The most expensive one we saw was $3,700 a month for a little brownstone apartment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's well, just crazy. You know, that's what's happened in the real estate market. Real estate prices, real estate has gone up because of inflation. It, it's, it really is a silent killer. So it costs a lot more money to buy a house today, and you've got less income with which to buy it. And therefore, more people are priced out of the housing market. So um, we're going to talk about some things that you can do to protect your money from uh, the expected increase in inflation. So here's what the uh, Federal Reserve is going to be concerned about. They need to control the money supply. And that's why they raise the rates. So if if they think all of a sudden that uh, there, there are a lot more jobs being added in the economy um, and that all of a sudden they're going to see the rate of inflation go up. One of the ways the Federal Reserve tries to control that is by 
raising the rates that they charge banks to borrow money, and the banks in turn can increase what they pay in bank accounts. So there's good points and bad points about inflation. The good side is that maybe eventually bank rates will start to kick up again, but it's also going to be a lot more expensive. So the people that will be hurt the most are the people on fixed incomes. We're going to talk in a few minutes about uh, what does it mean in terms of um, where you put your money. But the inflation rate is calculating, calculated using something called the CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index. And we've got a lot of information. There's a lot of information you can see online about that subject. But um, a lot of things are important in our economy to get our economy moving again. One is creating more jobs. Two is persuading corporations that are sitting on barrels and barrels of money to invest in the economy. And then the third is to regulate the monetary supply. So how well we do that is going to impact every different segment of our economy a little bit different, differently. One of the things that I could <coughs> add is that having graduated from law school not all that long ago, I think that the cost of education has gone up quite a bit. Huge. And mm-hmm. I don't think salaries have followed suit as right. much. Mm-mm. So it's, that's a problem for younger people who are going out into the workforce with huge debt. They don't have a mortgage. They don't own a house that they can walk away from, but they have huge debt, so that's an issue. Well, we talked about that on a show maybe six months ago about how bad the student loan debt uh, problem is in this country. It's something. It's in the trillions of dollars of student loan debt. It is. Yep. It's just crazy, and it's you know it's it's causing a major problem for these people who are trying to get their careers going and still trying to figure out how to pay their student loans on top of everything else. And the problem is, is that in, if you don't pay more than the minimum amount in your student loan every month, you hardly pay it off. It's almost all interest. My wife and I are still paying on our student loan debt, and she checked it the other day, and she realized that over the past few years, it's gone down by very small amounts because it, we're paying mostly interest every month. And the interest rate has gone up on them. Uh, we're going to have a whole subject on this, on a whole radio show on the subject of. Um, college loans and student loans and how to get the best arrangements for financing and education. But, Mike, as you said, it does cost a heck of a lot more today. I mean, I remember what I paid for tuition when I went to Clark University. It was was peanuts compared to what it is today. Mm-hmm. You could go to college at that point and spend uh, literally five, $6,000 a year, and today it's $50,000 oh, yeah. a year to go to school. So we're going to talk about that as a whole subject um, what's actually happened, even though the inflation rate is low right now, it's only just slightly over 1%, um, the, in, the inflation rate is rising much more quickly, even since April of this year, uh, than it has in the past three years. So the inflation rate is starting to kick in again. And what that means is, again, we're going to need to be concerned about where we place our money and how we invest our money. You know, some of the lessons that we teach people all the time is to start as early as you can to save money. Uh, we were just talking about the fact that it's, it's really hard to, to buy a house today, although there's some pretty good financing programs available. But at the same time, the, the real buying power for the average consumer uh, is much less today than it was even 15 years ago. Or put it another way, there's a lot of statistical evidence that says if you were making X dollars in income or salary or hourly wages 15 years ago 
in real dollars because of what inflation has done to erode the buying power of what you have been earning, you're actually making less money today. You're earning less today than you were 15 years ago. And this is a problem that will be hopefully solved over time as the economy begins to improve. Peter, I want to come back for one second and mention uh, something that you were talking about, which is uh, the student loans. Um, there's really two subjects to talk about going forward, which we will devote a whole show to. One is how do you finance a college education and pay for it, and, and how do the parents uh, pay for it, and how does the student pay for it? But the other is what do you do when you graduate from school and you've got student loans um, and they're not keeping pace with what you are earning to be able to make proper payments. So there's lots and lots of defaults in that area. I suspect that this is going to have to be addressed at a national level, uh, possibly by one of our uh, presidential candidates if they're willing to take on the subject. But it's a serious problem. And if we don't figure out how to create a, a super bond for it or something like that and let people not you know, forgive loans not only for people who are working for the government but in other sectors as well, uh, I think it's going to have a serious dampening impact on our economy going forward. So I think you're going to see uh, presidential candidates addressing that subject and pay close attention. Um, let's talk about some ways to stay ahead of the game um, in retirement. Well, we want to make sure that you can protect your money, obviously. That's very important. That's what we do at USA Wealth Group. And by the way, you can reach us at 508-998-8858. And we can show you a number of ways in which you can beat inflation, stay ahead of the game with inflation. And a lot of that's done through the subject of what we call indexed annuities. We'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, Mike, I know um, you're working uh, on the legal side of things, and it's just as important to not only protect your money but to protect your family. So what are some of the basic tools you use to protect family, and why is it important? Well, we're an estate planning uh, law firm, so what we do is we meet with people and we get an idea of what their estate is comprised of, and then we'll make certain recommendations. Sometimes we use trusts. They're all certain. They're all different kinds of trusts um, based on what the person's financial conditions are. Um, so basically, we try to just help people to make things as easy as they can be for future generations or for one one spouse dies or whatever the case may be. Could you mention something specifically about uh, durable powers of attorney and why that's an important document? Oh, yeah, a durable powers of, power of attorney names an agent for someone uh, in the event that they can't pay their bills or manage their own property. Uh, the agent named in that document would be able to do that for them. So if someone's in the hospital and they can't you know, pay their bills or communicate with their bank or their fin financial advisor, the agent could do that in their stead. And without that document, someone would actually have to go to court, be appointed possibly a guardian and a conservator. Um, that's a public process. It's costly. It's time-consuming. So with that one document, you can really uh, help yourselves out. That is a powerful document. You know, our, our mission, um, I know yours in the law firm, is to protect people from the cost of probate and the cost of having to go through guardianships and things of that nature. Um, our mission at USA Wealth Group is to protect people's money. And, and both really have an objective of protecting families. That's what it's all about. When we come back in just a couple minutes, we're going to be talking about 
some very specific things that you can do to protect your assets from inflation. We're going to be talking about uh, Social Security, and we're going to be talking about something called TIPS. Mm. This is not helpful hints. This is Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. We're going to be talking about some inflation-fighting investments. We're going to be talking about paying off your mortgage. And then lastly, we're going to talk about inflation-adjusted annuities and even working part-time, some ways that you can protect yourself from the ravages of inflation. It's coming. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise. Today we're talking about the subject of inflation, and we want to talk about some things that you can specifically do Inflation is coming. Right now we have a low rate of inflation. Therefore, we have a super low rate of interest on bank accounts and lots of other investments. People are confused about where to put their money and how to stay ahead of the inflation game because the rate of inflation is going to go up. The good side of that is that we'll see an increase in Social Security payments. Uh, If you happen to invest in uh, government bonds and things of that nature, there's something called TIPS. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, and the value of the interest that's paid on that increases with inflation and decreases with deflation. Uh, The income that's earned on those is generally exempt from state and local income tax, but it is subject to federal income tax. That's one thing that you can look at. We work a lot in the area of uh, working with inflation-adjusted annuities and indexed annuities. An annuity is basically a contract with an insurance company, uh, Peter, that you can set yourself up for a lifetime income if you want. But what a lot of people don't realize is you maybe don't want to just take out a regular monthly check for the rest of your life because what happens if inflation kicks in and suddenly it costs you more money for housing, for electricity, for gasoline, right now we have really low gas prices. Uh, that's not going to stay the same. We're about half right now where we were two years ago in the cost of gasoline. Uh, that won't necessarily stay the same. I didn't think it was going to last this long, but it's been wonderful. <laughs> right. They've taken another recent dip. Gasoline prices have taken another dip mm-hmm. just the last uh, few weeks and the last couple of months. So enjoy it while you can. Store as much gasoline as you can in your garage. No, that's not right. No. <laughs> I, I have my entire house, not just my garage, filled with five-gallon containers. That's really? Brilliant. My, my no. daughter's room. That's your cure for inflation? <laughs> yes. I'm stockpiling gasoline. I see. Wasn't there somebody right up the road from where you live who was doing just that? Probably. It's illegal, by the yeah, way, folks. Yeah, it is illegal. We're just, this is a joke warning. This is just, this is just a joke that yeah, Peter's right. making. Oh, I, nope, I <laughs> didn't realize that. No, we don't do anything dangerous like that, really. But um, you can set up an annuity payment for life if you need lifetime income, for example. We're working with some clients right now doing that. And you can set it up so that the amount of payment they get is going to be adjusted for inflation. So as the rate of inflation goes up, the monthly check you get on the annuity payment. Uh, Frankly, uh, I think anybody that's taken an annuity check today, if you don't have an annuity check that's going to be adjusted for inflation, that's a big mistake. If you're getting $500 a month as a payment and it's going to be fixed for the next 20 years, well, 20 years from now, that check is only going to be worth $200 a month in buying power. So 
If you're going to do an inflation-adjusted annuity, make sure that you have the writer in there that allows you to do that. And you don't always put all of your money into something like that, obviously. Um, it's always a good idea to have some funds available for liquidity in bank accounts, even though the rates are very low. Um, but uh, you ought to consider putting part of your money at least into something that's safe and secure, such as indexed annuities. And if you're going to take out a regular monthly check, make sure you do it in a way that's going to be indexed for inflation. You know, another good tip is um, consider paying off your mortgage. Because if you have a, a mortgage payment, that's a fixed payment. Well, it's nice if you can retire. It's sort of the American dream, isn't it, Peter? To retire Absolutely. with no mortgage on your house. That's what the American dream is and always has been. And then the last little quick tip is reduce spending. Uh, try to reduce spending as much as you possibly can. But let's talk for a minute, uh, Peter. I know that you've got some information to talk about some annuity myths. Can we talk about that for just a moment? Sure. Uh, well, there's a lot of annuity myths other than just what I have in front of me. Uh, one of them is that they are only for retirees, uh, when in fact the reality is that annuities can help any saver, anybody who wants to try to save for their retirement. I have an annuity. My wife has an annuity. Uh, annuities are fantastic, uh, especially if you're talking, as you just said, the fixed index annuity, right? Uh, where you can't lose anything, uh, but you can still share in the, the gains in the market. I should probably mention, uh, Peter, we probably should tell people that there are two basic types of annuities. One is for what we call non-qualified money, which is regular savings money. It's not an IRA account. And the other category is called qualified accounts, which is IRAs and 403Bs and things of that nature. Well, then it's, it's broken down after that as well, where you're talking there's fixed annuities, there's variable annuities, uh, there's uh, fixed index annuities. Uh, variable annuities, they uh, are in the stock market essentially, uh, and you can have losses with variable annuities. Fixed annuities are just that. You have a, a fixed uh, amount that you're going to be receiving every, um, every month or every year, depending on how it's, um, how it's invested. And those typically, I don't really know why anybody is buying just a straight fixed annuity anymore because with uh, fixed index annuities, it came out uh, late 1990s, but really didn't start becoming popular. Uh, and every company basically having a version of a fixed index annuity in the mid-2000s, uh, it, it takes the best of both worlds, in my opinion, because you can, uh, you can share in the gains of the stock market, but you also can't lose anything. Uh, so I'm not really quite sure why there are still fixed annuities out there, but they are. Well, some people want to have a rate that's better than what a bank account might be, and a fixed annuity would do that. But the rates on fixed annuities are fairly low right now because for a while. rates in general are very low in the economy. Now, I, I met with somebody just a few days ago who actually had two old annuities. One was 30 years old, and I said, wow, I haven't seen one that's that old. And it's with a, a very large uh, company. Uh, that we've done business with before, but it's a fixed annuity paying 4% fixed interest, and it was around $75,000. And, and I just want to tell you, if you have older annuities, you want them to, re to be reviewed, we're happy to do that. So uh, after looking at it and asking some questions, what I told this lady is, don't touch it. I said, what you have right there is something very valuable. Um, 
It had a 30-year term on it. Uh, that is, 30-year period before which she really has to do something. She was no longer uh, having to pay any surrender charges. So it would have been easy to take that annuity and say, let's put it into something new and, and wonderful. But that would not have been the appropriate thing to do uh, for this woman. And what I said to her is, there's nobody out there on a brand-new fixed product right now that's paying 4% interest. I said, keep this. Um, she can only keep it for another year, and then they want her to annuitize it, which is to start to take money out of it. But, boy, that company would love to have her trade that product in because they have to pay out 4% a year right now, and there's nothing out there that's paying that. So for that particular contract, I said, let's put this one aside. Don't touch it. Um, next November 2017, you're going to have to do something with it. And at that point, we can discuss it. And I said, this is not tooting our own horn, you know, patting ourselves on the back, but that's what you and I have always done is what's in the best interest for the client. And, you, you know, you want an advisor that will do that and not look out for their own interest, but look out for yours. And you would hope that most of them would, but you'd right. be surprised. Um, there's been quite a few people. You had that one case. I've seen quite a few teachers who had... Uh, who were, were retired, and they were in uh, a variable annuity, and they're already retired. And the fixed account, I've seen some that were four and a half percent, and I've seen a couple that were five percent guaranteed interest rate in the fixed account. So you don't touch those. And I, I, I said, listen, I'd love to do something with you. Mm-hmm. What you're doing right now is great, although in some cases I've seen, you know, eighty percent of the money was in the variable account and the other 20% was in the fixed account and I said you're retired you don't want to lose any money uh, you could possibly see, see some better gains if you're uh, you know if the market does really well but since you are retired I would recommend that you move everything and put it into the fixed account since you, you're going to be earning four and a half or five percent sure stay right where you are no that was good advice it makes a lot of sense well the same lady that I told to stay where she was with her four uh, percent fixed account um, she's going to have to do something near the end of next year. I said, we'll talk more at that time about what your options are. Um, she also wanted to take uh, some money out. Specifically, she wanted to take $10,000 out of her account. And she had a second annuity that had a significantly lower interest rate. And I said, take the money out of the lower-paying annuity first uh, because you want that money in your bank account for whatever she was going to use it for. And I said, and then we can help you do something different with the lower-paying annuity. So you have to look and see what you've got and evaluate. And if you ever want advice on just let's review and see what I've got and am I doing the right thing, we'll sit down and talk to you about that. And if you're in a good position, uh, then we'll tell you exactly that and tell you to stay with what you're doing. Peter, can I tell you the definition of inflation? No. No. Nope. Mike, can I tell you the definition sure. of inflation? Mike <laughs> says yes. Okay. He might hear, but that's okay. okay. Inflation is when sitting on your nest egg doesn't give you something to crow about. <laughs> yeah. see, see, Mike, that's why I said no. That's why I didn't. All right, here's, here's one more inflation <laughs> quote. Do you smoke cigars, Phil? No. No, I don't smoke cigars either. I know some people do. Do you smoke cigars, Peter? You don't smoke cigars. You I don't smoke, like right? twice in my entire life. Once when... My first son was born, and once with some friends when we came back from Boston to celebrate something. Yeah. I don't remember when. I mean, we've always smoked ago. Yeah. cigars, but I don't smoke it's them like, regularly. It's like uh, George Bush once said, when I was young and foolish, I was young and foolish. <laughs> well, 
Sounds like George, George Burns used <laughs> to smoke about 10 cigars a day, and he lived to be like 97. <laughs> well, here's a quote from Franklin Pierce Adams. There are plenty of good five-cent cigars in the country. The trouble is they cost a quarter. So that's inflation, so to that's speak. That's good. Well, inflation, even though we haven't focused a lot on the topic of inflation, it does impact our buying power. It does impact us all. And we started to talk briefly, Peter, about on annuities. And we said the first myth that people have is that annuities are only for retirees. But that's a myth because it's a great way to save money because all the interest that's accumulating is accumulating tax deferred. So you're not paying taxes on the money currently. And we've talked a little bit about variable annuities and fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities. Um, the other thing that I would say is I look at annuities sometimes as being more age-related. So if I see somebody who's 30 years old, 40 years old, 45 years old, if they want to put money in a retirement account, I think annuities can be a great place for that to be. Um, if it's not retirement money, I usually recommend annuities for people who are 45 and 50 and older because a younger person generally can't touch the money in a non-qualified, non-IRA annuity until they're 59 and a half. If they do, they're going to be taxed on it and penalized on it. So it's not necessarily the best investment for somebody who's younger unless it's going to be in a retirement account where you don't want to touch that money until you're 59 and a half anyway. Which is what my annuity is in. Right. Uh, annuities um, did have a lot of myths about them, and uh, the article that you printed out I think is you know somewhat useful, but for the most part, uh, annuities are very popular right now, and a lot of people are aware of the, the benefit and how great they can be as a retirement tool. I, I think that life insurance is the number one retirement tool that you can have. Uh, it can also help greatly with uh, college funding for your children. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of things that you can do with life insurance uh, that have benefits that most people aren't aware of. Most people just think of life insurance as a death benefit and that's it. But the, the value of life insurance goes far beyond that. And that's why I think it's the number one tool for retirement planning, college planning, and a lot of other things. And I think annuities are number two. And I think the problem is that historically, both life insurance and annuities have had a bad reputation because they're complicated products and people don't understand them. And if they had a better explanation and sat down with uh, somebody like you, Peter, or myself, uh, they would understand them better. Mike, I know that you have worked with um, clients that have had larger life insurance policies and because of that fact and because they own it individually, it has caused them to be in a potentially estate tax situation where they might have to pay estate taxes. Right. Um, so one of the things that can be done with that is to put it into what's called an irrevocable life insurance trust mm -hmm. where you're going. Right. Yeah. So you take the policy and the proceeds are not part of your estate when you pass away. So say you have a $500,000 policy. Instead of having that 500000 as part of your estate and possibly exposing you to estate taxes, um, the proceeds could go to your beneficiary. It wouldn't be part of, unless they had it in their estate when they passed away, it wouldn't be part of their estate. Um, they're not taxed on those proceeds. So it's a really a great mechanism. Mm -hmm. And you've done uh, insurance trust in your office, part of your business, your we practice? Have, yes, we okay. do that. Well, one of the other myths about annuities is that people think that they're expensive because 
I suspect that what happens is a lot of times annuities are sold and the explanations aren't given the way they should. So we've created a new form in our business, for example, that in a very simplified way after the person has um, decided to proceed, it, it lays out what all the expenses, fees, costs are, and so forth, so you know exactly what you're getting. I bet you didn't know, for example, um, when you buy a mutual fund that you could be looking at double sets of fees. So mutual funds have their place, and they can be good in some people's portfolio. Um, when people have assets to invest and they want to protect their family, you know they're looking at money in the bank, they're looking at life insurance, they are looking at annuities, and they might be looking at investment accounts also, including mutual funds. But mutual funds will have a commission for the most part when you purchase it, uh, which is a fee. Then they'll have often an ongoing uh, annual if it's in a brokerage account, you may have to pay somebody to manage that for you. And then the third thing you might have is that you could have individual transaction fees when things within the mutual fund are being bought and sold. Then the mutual fund manager itself will have a fee. So it's hard to realize and figure out what all those kinds of fees are. And I guess the most important message is that you have a right, if you own mutual funds, to ask the person who sold it to you Exactly what are you paying for fees every year? And one of the biggest points to that is that I'd say probably three-quarters of the people out there who are investing, trying to do something to uh, you know, save for their retirement or supplement their retirement income, they just trust wholeheartedly what the person across the table is telling them, and that might not always be in their best interest. Again, I think most advisors really do have the best interest of the client in mind, but there are some out there that will do what's right for them and not for the client and not explain uh, or even disclose some of the fees that you know might be associated with something that they're selling to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's time for a quotation, Pete. Do you have any quotations to give us? If not, I've got one for you. You are the quote king, and I don't have any in front of me. I could try to get some off the top of my head if you'd like. I'm the quote meister. Not the quote master, the quote meister. I have my little Tyrolean hat on. Yeah, you're something. So here's one. Um, tell me for 10 points who said this. I wasn't affected by inflation. I had nothing to inflate. <laughs> Bill Murray. No, this is Gerald Barzan. <laughs> I, I would have gotten that the second guess. I thought so. I, I didn't want you to say Tom Brady. <laughs> but I was sort of setting you up to say that. <laughs> um, Shelby Friedman once said, Nowadays, a penny saved is ridiculous. Pennies are worth less than their, their, you know, the the material they're made out of, aren't they? That's yeah. right. It costs yeah. more to make a penny than yeah. what they're worth. Yes. yes, no, it costs more money. Than, so they've talked about uh, getting rid of pennies, for example, because it costs more to make a penny than a penny is worth. And I think that's very close to nickels at this point. Also. Nickels also. Pretty soon we're all going to be carrying around. One dollar coins in our in our pockets, right? Weighed us down. So, well, in any event, let's talk some more about a couple of myths. So, there's a lot of misunderstanding about life insurance and annuity products in general. People just don't get it. We're happy to go through and give you the explanation. Um, a lot of people think that you don't need to buy an annuity um, for income before retirement, and the reality is, it's just the opposite. Before you get ready to retire, um, or even when you retire. Um, 
you can take money that's in a savings account if it's not earning much. You can put it into an annuity, let it accumulate investment income for you, and then when you actually retire, now you can start to annuitize it and take money from it. So um, in the next couple of days, I'm meeting with somebody, for example, that um, has money but definitely has a need for income. She only has a Social Security check as her main income, but a fair amount of uh, bank income. So we do actual illustrations on the computer. We can do it in the office. She might put money into an annuity, for example, that would accumulate for one year or two years, live a little bit off of some of her other savings in the meantime, and then we turn on the income stream so she'll have a guaranteed income. But here's the difference. Number one, on that particular contract, she's going to get a bonus on the amount that she earns. Number two, she's going to earn some interest between now and, say, two years. Number three, when she turns it into income, they're going to take that balance that has accumulated up to that point, and they're going to multiply that by about 140% to calculate an income amount. Now she will withdraw the income amount, guaranteed for the rest of her life, and it's going to be indexed for inflation. So if the rate of inflation goes up, she's not going to get just a check for $500 a month. She's going to get a check for five and a quarter and five fifty, and it's going to gradually go up. And that's all built into the formula ahead of time. It's a great way to plan to have a source of income that you can't outlive. What people most are fearful about, I think, in retirement is they don't want to run out of income. And this is a great way to make sure that you don't run out of income. And by the way, everything is disclosed and, and guaranteed and so forth. So having an income annuity that's paid out and indexed for inflation uh, is a great way to secure that you're going to have a positive retirement. And if the other piece of your income is Social Security, and that's also going to be income indexed, uh, then you're in good shape to make sure you're not going to run out of money. You know, one of the other myths that's not in this paper, Pete, is that people sometimes think, well, gee, if I'm taking money out on an income basis and then I die, doesn't the insurance company get to keep all the money? No. Of course, the uh, remainder goes to, if there is anything left in, in the account, then yep. of course that goes to a beneficiary. So. That's a myth that people have had, too, is that, gee, if I set up an annuity, doesn't that mean if I die, the insurance company gets to keep the money? No, that's absolutely not true. Now, if the account is completely drained down, then no, that's not the case. But Well, there's only really three ways that you can have a guaranteed stream of income that's going to last for your lifetime. One is Social Security, and um, we've had a lot to say about that topic in the past. The second is if you're fortunate enough that you've got a pension, and ideally it's going to be a pension that's going to have uh, an index for inflation also. And the third that is um, annuities, which is what we can help people do. So the insurance company does not get your money. That's a real uh, popular myth that people have. Um, but um, we think of it as being really a great way to um, protect yourself from the ravages of inflation. Pay close attention to what's happening to the Federal Reserve and the rate of inflation. And take a look at your own investments. If you'd like to sit down and talk to uh, somebody like Peter or myself, give us a call at 508-998-8858. Uh, visit the USA Wealth uh, website, which is usawealthgroup.com, and we'd be happy to 
show you some ways that you can make sure you're going to have money that you won't uh, outlast. Mike, I want to come back and ask you a question uh, basically about um, the kinds of things that you do. Uh, I know a lot of times people are afraid to come in because they think it's going to cost them money. And they want to get some information. They want to get some advice. They visit your website. What's your website? Uh, LanceLawInc.com. But they're afraid to come in because they think that somehow it's going to cost them money. Sometimes I'll sit down with people and spend an hour and answer a lot of questions, and they'll say, uh, how much do we owe you for today? And we'll get paid from the company, so we don't get paid from the client. So if you meet with somebody and give them initial recommendations, um, how do you charge or do you charge? Our initial consultations are free for the most part. The only okay. uh, disclaimer I'll make is that if someone wants to come in and talk about Medicaid planning, then those uh, consultations are charged at an hourly rate. But for estate planning, if you want to talk about trusts and wills and powers of attorney and those sorts of documents and trying to set up an estate plan, that's a free consultation. And uh, what's your number if somebody wants to make an appointment? That's 508-998-8800. Well, we've been talking about inflation, so I have one final quote I'd like to give to Peter especially. Thank you for being with us, Peter. Uh, This is from Sam Ewing. Inflation is when you pay $15 for a $10 haircut you used to get for $5 when you had hair. (laughs) Very nice. That's inflation. Is that because I'm losing my hair? No, I just thought it was... Cute quotation. Uh, thank you, Mike, for being with us. Thank Attorney you. Michael Coleman, thank you, Peter, for being with us this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful about the rate of inflation, and thank you for listening.